0: Welcome to the show,
1: boy, Bonnie. I tell you, talk about a brink. Yeah, we, it's not just a brink. I know, with everything um that I have heard about thus far, through my intel circles, um, and and even the fact that you know, as I've shared with you, that a, a year ago, roughly a year ago, and the reason I know the timing is because I look back up on my old videos. Yeah, and ten months ago. I had reported that it would not be Ukraine that ignites World War III, but there was going to be a staged event that would happen in the Middle East Mm. that I was to watch for that event, and that would be the event that would catapult the entire world into global conflict. And I I followed up with my uh, counterpart in Washington on that very subject, and uh, he did confirm that the Hamas attack on Israel uh, was indeed that event that he knew about. Uh, um, and, yes. and, and and to make it even worse, Bonnie, right, to make matters worse, when Israel captured one of the fighters uh, in the interrogation, he said that they had planned it for more than a year. Uh, and, and then you, you take you take that into account now of course Israel is scrubbing a lot of Israeli voices that have expressed concern about what happened how it happened um, I, you know I would say this I, I'm a hundred percent for Israel being able to defend themselves a hundred percent for that and 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 and, and every rightful uh, right to do so but at the same time though, you know, if, if there is a leak in the system somewhere that would allow Hamas to carry out the attacks that they did, then you have to find the head of the snake and deal with the head of the snake. Just to take out the leader of Hamas is not going to solve the problem if someone is behind that leader of Hamas to help him to carry out his own aggression against Israeli, uh, and for the most part, civilians.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And mm. I think the head of that stake might might be in Israeli leadership.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, and I think it's very important for people to understand that you have so many Israelis that have noted this as well. And from every every walk of Israeli life. Uh, We've had Rabbi Mitzrahi, who is an Israeli-born New York-based rabbi, that in his word, he said, now he put it, the lefties no doubt did an inside job to orchestrate this attack. He said he knew people in the intelligence community that he spoke with, and he asked them, how could this be six hours and no response by the israeli military
0: yeah
1: he said and even they of course these were former intelligence officers they said to him it's an inside job there's no way that he said you can't he said if a mouse touched the fence 20 jeeps would be there within two minutes and when he said that You know, with me living in Israel, I lived in Israel twice in my life. I lived on a kibbutz uh, very close to Gaza uh, when I first went there in 2004. Uh, I lived in Tel Aviv. I lived in Jerusalem. Uh, Then the second time I went to Israel, I lived also again in Jerusalem and then up at uh, uh, just north of Capernaum, uh, up on the northern end of the Galilee. So... And then going through a suicide bombing in 2004, I saw firsthand just how fast the military and the police respond. Just like he said, within a couple of minutes, boom, there were hundreds. I literally, you know, after this girl blows herself up, I see hundreds of everything from police to military to Mossad to Shin Bet. You name it, they were on the ground. And not only were they there to deal with where the girl blew herself up, they were already scouring all these surrounding areas looking for who may have dropped her off, who may be trying to watch. Uh, I mean, amazing. The, the, the Israeli military's response is absolutely amazing. And so when I saw that, it was, it was terrible. Um it was absolutely yes. uh, terrible. Yes. Uh, you app. know, I
0: I have links I think below. Um I mean it was almost seven hours before any help arrived. And uh and in in that seven hours they were given free reign. Imagine the pain of having your daughter abducted from, I don't know what it was. Was it a rave? Was it a rock concert? Was it a Sukkot celebration? I've read all kinds of descriptions about this. uh, But, you know, the pain of those parents to see their daughter being displayed half naked in by Hamas in Gaza paraded through the streets. I mean, too painful, um, too painful to imagine that this was done at given a green light to do this by your own leaders. But then, you know, look at our leaders. 3,000 people died in nine eleven. That was an inside job. Yes. And, uh, you know, New York has never been the same. I had a, I have a cousin. She used to work in that building in the Bank of America. She used to work there.
1: Hmm. So, I, I mean... And, and you know, Bonnie, the, the, the weird thing about the Twin Towers is that, one, Israelis all received uh, a, a text message on their phones not to go to work that day. Yes. Uh, you had... George Bush, on the anniversary, I think, 2005, he was making the statement, and I don't think he was realizing what he was saying until it was too late, but he said on the news how that when we had captured and we were interrogating the terrorists from overseas, we gained valuable information. He said, and he names one of the the, uh, quote-unquote terrorists, and he said how that they were told that you know, we had to place the explosives at a certain level in the building so that no one from the upper floors could escape. Well, that was kind of interesting news. I thought the planes took the towers down. So what about these explosives that got? Wow,
0: wow! I have a photograph purportedly. It shows um, uh, Israeli operatives setting the explosives.
1: Well, it, it's very much believed to be, and 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 sad to say, in fact, if you uh, Amir Tsefati, who is very well known uh, Israeli, um, that is uh, has the an on, online uh, Christian ministry, uh, one of his earlier interviews that he did when he first started the lady was talking to him uh and he was talking about the twin towers on 911 and he made the comment that he was in the twin towers the night before they were struck and he said he was thinking to himself what, how the world will change when something flies into these and of course i'm listening to the interview and i'm like okay you're in 9 twin towers the day before and you're saying how yeah. the world will change. Right. That's a that's a red flag. It uh, is a
0: red flag because there has never been a plane that has taken down a steel building before.
1: No. And it is there was this is the reason why the the Israelis got a hold of everything about the twin towers the removal removal of the debris yeah. uh to immediately uh you know to 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 take the steel and 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 melt it down.
0: Deep six uh, every all evidence.
1: Yes, no evidence whatsoever was allowed to be left on those premises. And then, of course, it was no nothing unusual for to hear uh, Netanyahu say that uh, this is our nine eleven. Yes, it's almost like a code word, right? Yes,
0: yes, and- yes. I he admitted. He he admitted. At that, uh, it was an inside job.
1: And so here we have, um, again, a, and, and really, I think what it was, Bonnie, they needed, I hate to say this, but they needed Israeli blood in order to justify this war that they were about to do. Yes. And, and Gaza is no different. Uh, it, the reason why Israel is bombing Gaza so heavily is because they want the world to protest. They want to, br- and, and, and Bonnie, this, uh, and I'm saying this now for a warning for Jewish people everywhere. Yes. For, uh, I think it also would be very important for Hebrew Roots uh, believers. Yes. For Messianic believers. Uh, included and for even pro zionist churches yes all right regardless i may not agree with some of the beliefs especially with some of the pro zionists but but i want to warn the people yes violence is going to come to your doorstep yes because they have allowed that you have to keep in mind in order to bring about a new world order there has been decades in the planning Yes, Uh, The destabilization of Syria, the the displacement of refugees uh, from Syria that literally walk across Europe in order to be able to put them in the western provinces of the country, France, England. And and I was living there watching it, Bonnie. Germany, I mean, I I can't tell you. We didn't, you know, when you live in Prague, you don't live far from Germany. And so, and of course, we would travel the entire country. I've got photographs of the tent cities everywhere in France and Netherlands and Britain, uh, even when they were trying to jump on the, 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 the boats going back and forth across the, the English Channel. Uh, we covered so much of this. And at that time, I said to people, I said, this is for a future destabilization of Western Europe.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and a- America.
1: Exactly. They're only
0: doing it to the Christian industrialized countries, especially Europe and America.
1: Yes. And so here's what's strange. Then I get uh, these images sent to me after I did that broadcast about Europe. You know, I was updating people how that I'm watching what's going to happen. I said they're going to attack synagogues. Yep. They're going to attack churches that support anybody that supports Israel, anybody that protests for Israel. If you'll notice where all the the Muslim concentrations went to around the world, they outnumber those that are the pro uh, are willing to march for pro-Israel. So, you're going to see attacks. You're going to see attacks on synagogues and things like that. Especially the more violence that Israel does on the Palestinian community, because let's face it, the, you know Hamas is a Muslim brotherhood that was created by the Israeli people. Uh, in fact, I just had Daniel McAdams on the other day, who's the director of the uh, Ron Paul Institute, former congressman Ron Paul. And, uh, and Ron Paul's the one that stood there, I think, in 2004, right before Congress, and he declared, he said, you know, he said, we help Israel to fund Hamas. Wow. He says, the problem is, he says, what's going to happen? He said, now Hamas has won all these seats in the parliament, and they've overtaken uh, the parliament of the of the Palestinian people. He said, and eventually he says, "What's next? We're going to have to kill him."
0: Yes, yes, and this this goes back to our discussion last week when I brought up, is the ultimate goal of this prong of the war to destroy brother Judah also to well, destroy the the nation, the physical nation of Israel?"
1: Well, here's what their plan is. And, I, and I've known this. I, I've known it. I'll never forget. Um, I actually know or, or used to, I, I still know him, of course, but he's no longer the uh, advisor to the, to, to the Pentagon for, for Israel, but he used to be. Uh, he did the advisement on Israel and on Russia, that was his two areas of expertise. And, uh, and I always had said to him, uh, I said, you're going to see that when they do a new world order, Israel is going to be the head of that. And he would argue with me. He would say, Stephen, no way. He said, there is no way Israel is going to be the head of the new world order. And uh, he, said, I, he said, I agree with you. There is going to be a new world order. He said, we, we know this It's too much talk that we that I hear in Washington. He says, so we know it's coming. But then one day, Bonnie, and this happened maybe about two years ago, uh, we were having a closed-door meeting, and um, he says to me, you're not going to believe what I heard at the White House. I said, what did you hear at the White House?
0: What year is this?
1: This was two years ago.
0: Okay. So Biden's in.
1: Right. He says, you were spot on. He said, we were it was just disclosed to us that Israel will head the New World Order. Yep. And he said, I would have never believed it had I not heard it from myself. And and so and he said, then he asked me, he says, How did you know? I said, Well, you have to think about it. I said, we know that the Messiah, as as believers, we know the Messiah is Jesus Christ. He's already come, Yeshua HaMashiach. He's the Mashiach. There's no other Mashiach coming. I said, well, of course. I said, but Israel doesn't believe that. I said, Israel believes that those prophecies still have to be fulfilled. I said, so therefore, they believe that the law must come out of Jerusalem. They don't believe that, that Yeshua was the fulfillment or that when he said there, he's you know, like, you know, I said, not, you know, you could take like when he speaks to the rich young ruler, you know, and he, and he says, you know, he comes to Yeshua and he says, what must I do to receive eternal life? And Yeshua says, you know, the commandments, you know, and he begins to name them off. You know, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. He says well, I've kept these since my youth. He said, well, yes, there's one thing that you lack, though. Sell your goods and give to the poor right now that was one thing and then another place he says you know he said they asked him what are the greatest commandments he said to love the lord thy god with all your heart all your soul all your mind and you know etc and he says and love your neighbor as yourself he says and all the laws hang on those two in other words if you kept those two you would automatically do the rest of the law there's nothing that would be left out So, And I'm not talking about as far as high holidays or things like that. I'm just talking about the basic commandments that that God had laid out. So we were seeing that he was fulfilling that by simplifying how to be able to live. And yet at the same time, though, the Jewish people believe that that, the Messiah has never come. So therefore, they must control the world because... Uh, you know, it's taught in Talmud that Israel is going to occupy all the lands of the earth, and everyone will become into servitude to them. Now, I, I speak this, Bonnie, from my Jewish background, 20 years in the Chabad group, you know, so I know exactly what they think. And and sadly, you know, when, when, when you hear this saying that a Jew is going to have—I forget, forget how many Gentile slaves we're supposed to have— it's a, it's a crazy number, like a thousand or something like that. They they believe it. Yeah. And Bonnie, I'm not talking about the common guy, the that, the that, store clerk. I'm talking about doctors and lawyers. Yeah. You know, these are the guys that I hung around with because, I mean, they used to kid me a lot. There was one doctor friend of mine. He would always kid me. Uh, his name was Date. I won't say his first name because I don't want to get him in trouble. But anyway, very very well known uh, uh, specialist, uh, spinal specialist. And uh, we hung out all the time. And uh, and we would go visit other doctors in the Jewish community and stuff in South Florida. And our, he was over there one day at a friend of his. He's an older Jewish guy. And he, he says, he looks at me and he says, Stephen, he says, what happened to you? I said, what do you mean what happened to me? You're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. What, you have a good Jewish mother, though. Yes. I said, yeah, I have a good Jewish mother. He says, what happened to you? I said, well, I own... One of the largest uh, uh, trucking companies in Southeast United States here. I said, I run four states moving uh, copiers, building copiers that come out straight from Japan to my warehouse in uh, North Florida. And I said, and I control Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, and Florida. He says, Okay, not too bad, not too bad. But don't forget, we need to have goy slaves in the future. You don't need to be working hard. We're going to have goy slaves. You know this, right? You know this, Stephen. And I said, and I said, you really believe that? And he says, My God, what kind of Jew is this guy? He doesn't know we're supposed to have the goys for slaves. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it would Ch- trouble me Ch- to hear it tell Tell the story of
0: the woman uh that counsel that counseled the other woman to get the t- tattoo removed
1: oh my gosh. and that but will that'll, that'll finish
0: thought. off the first half here
1: okay, I'll tell that real quick, and I have a second one that happened. Yes, so we have a lady she's listening to our broadcast she makes a comment the other day, and on her wrist she works in retail. On her wrist, she has redemption uh, by Yeshua written in Hebrew on her wrist.
0: Where does she it, live?
1: You know, she did not say in the post. Uh, I, but, I wonder
0: uh, if she lives in Israel. Uh,
1: I I would think not, but you never know. Uh, so so she says uh, in the post that she put there. She said the strangest thing happened. She said there is a regular Jewish uh, lady that always comes into the to the to the retail store where I work at. And she sees the tattoo and she takes me by the hand and she says to me, You know I mean what what did the tattoo say again? Redemption by Yeshua. Okay. It's written in Hebrew. What it's what a- is Hebrew. that?
0: Yesha be Yeshua?
1: That would probably be um you know I'm not sure which word uh, I mean
0: it's euphonic because salvation is yesha.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. Uh
0: Yesha, Yeshua. It it it. It's very u- euphonic. Anyway, yes. anyway, Stephen.
1: Exactly. So so, what happened is uh, is she actually, um, I think it would actually be Gula, because Gula would be is what we say for re- for redemption. I see. Uh, uh, so maybe Gula Ali Yeshua is probably what she had written on her run- something to that effect. But anyway, they she says to her you need to get this tattoo removed. And she said, why? She said, they're going to change the laws in the near future, and when they do, that tattoo will cost you your life. I did a report on this, Bonnie, and when I did, another lady comes and says, oh my gosh, she said, the same thing happened to me. She said, the difference, though, was I didn't have a tattoo. She said, I was just wearing a cross around my neck like I always do. And she said, and, uh, and there's a Jewish lady that I'm very good friends with that always comes into the shop. And she tells me, she says, quit wearing the cross. And she said, why? She says, I'm telling you, soon in the future, they're changing laws. And when they do, they're going to kill people like you that wear this cross.
0: They must be preaching this uh Pushing it hard in the synagogues now to get the people ready for the Noahide laws in
1: the court system. I know this this from being there. I know this from going to synagogues when I was younger, you know. In the synagogue, the rabbi is not afraid to tell you the way things are going to be in the future. You know, I mean, some things I used to think to myself, no, that can't be. I mean, even like when they would talk about slaves, I'm like, oh, come on, guys. I mean, are you serious? Really? You know, but no. You know, the the ones that are higher up that know, especially in certain rabbinical circles, yes, they do know.
0: Okay. And with that, uh, we're going to stop uh, the first half. trouble show <laughs> continues here uh, we are in a peck of trouble as a global population so um uh steven would you continue please
1: yes you know and one thing uh, one thing i'd like to share with people that they may not know about and and i know that uh let's see i think it's um uh, Sharit amulat i want to i think that's her name she's a former Knesset member uh she was in an interview one time and they were asking her about anti-Semitism. And she said, Oh yes. She said it's a trick we always use. She said, if you're speaking about the Holocaust, against the Holocaust and you live in Europe, uh, you know, then we uh, she I forget what word she used for that, but she said, But if you live in America and you speak against the Jewish people, we say you're anti-Semitic. Well, She's not the only one that has said this. Victor Ostrovsky, who is a former Mossad agent, uh, he also uh, made this same claim uh, before as well, that, that if you are speaking anything against the, the, the Israel and, and the policies that Israel is doing, and you're from the United States, he said, we, we find out who you are, he says, and if we can't silence the critic, he said, then we have you smeared as an anti-Semite. Ah. And, and he says, and once we smear you as an anti-Semite, he said, there's no way for you to wash that off of you. And he said, I hate to say it. He says, but it's true. He said, it's what we do. And I guess, I guess Victor must have had some kind of change of heart or something, and so he doesn't, he doesn't really think like that anymore. Um, but uh, but but the thing is, what I I, I want to bring that out because there are
0: yeah wasn't the um, the ADL and this whole ruse of anti-Semitism uh, was uh, established. <clears throat> I think there was the assault of a little girl by a man. Was it Jab- Jabotinsky? I I'm, I I better check it before I speak. But uh, there was an assault of a little girl and uh, he was jewish um he might have thought he had a right to her i have no idea but he started the adl and that was in the early uh 20th century as i recall
1: yeah and and you may be right on that one there i, I you know the you know the one thing bonnie that i was thinking about is that there are so many voices right now In Israel, um, I know that when all these things went down, and like I said, we can't even begin to fathom what the Israeli people went through when Hamas did what they did. The gravity of Hamas's crimes cannot be understated. And of course, this was caused the Israeli people to rally together. But at the same time, I think a lot of people are really having a hard time understanding why there are so many not just Israeli, but Jewish people around the world, too, protesting against what Israel is doing in Gaza right now. It's, it's almost like the—it's as if when, when, when people look at this that support Israel and they see that such a horrendous crime happened against Israeli people, and then suddenly now you have Jewish people that are almost going against the government for what's happening in Gaza— You know, the people are having a hard time grasping that, saying, okay, all right, yeah, I get it. There's civilians that are dying, but after all, look what Hamas did. Are we forgetting about that? You know, some, what, 1,500 Israelis were killed, butchered, and slaughtered, and roughly 200 were taken captive as prisoners of war. And so... You know, people might step back and think, why would the Jewish people then be against what the Israelis are doing in Gaza? They're only trying to rescue the hostages and bring Hamas down. But it's the fact that Israelis themselves know Hamas could have never pulled this off unless somebody. And it doesn't and we're not talking about a large number of people by no means. Oh. I mean, you could have Bonnie, you could have a a dozen people in behind the scenes that help orchestrate with Hamas what they did in order to justify a global confrontation. Now I know it from intelligence sources that after I was given that intelligence a year ago, and then to follow up on it now more recently. Now I know that, yes, that was the event. So I know 100% it was staged and set up. Uh, like I said, you got Rabbi Mitzrahi out of New York saying it was staged from his uh, perspective. You've got Avi Lipkin, and I've interviewed Avi on several occasions. uh I considered Avi a good friend. He's come to my home when we lived in Jerusalem. Uh, you know, uh, just loved my wife. You know, they just we are very close relationship with Avi. And, and Avi, even he said, it could not have happened no. without it being inside. Now, Avi took still the same thing that Rabbi Mizrahi did. He felt like that it's the left, he said, because we knew the Egyptians had warned us. Even if you don't take the fact that Israel is so embedded in Hamas with intelligence operatives, we, there's no way we couldn't have known it. But he said the Egyptians warned us a week in advance. He said, but somewhere along the line, he said the the message didn't get back to Netanyahu, so therefore it would make Netanyahu look bad, and the people would uh, call out for Netanyahu's resignation, which that is already happening. They are calling out for his resignation. I don't blame him. Yeah, and and the thing is, though, I think it's the other way around. I don't think it's the lefty that did it. I think it is the Ben Gavir's, the Netanyahu's coalition of his uh, right-wing radical... Uh, you know, and I hate to see that the right has to be so radical, because normally the the right is not the radical ones. Yes. Um, But when Netanyahu came back into power, he brought the most radical. But even with that being said, and then you have people that are, we would say, more of the liberals in in Israel that are speaking out, former IDF uh, people that are speaking out and saying, there's no way this could happen ever. It's impossible. Talking about 80% 80% of the forces being removed from the Gaza uh, border and taken to the West Bank uh, just a couple of weeks before. How that the armories of these people that are normally there, the military removed the armories to where the people only had what little small far- firearms that they had there. Uh, so the really only true heroes in this were those few that were battling for their lives against all odds against an onslaught. Uh, one Israeli pointed out. He said, how in the world could soldiers be just shot in their beds and nobody know it? You know, I mean, it's just it's just unfathomable. And especially if you've ever lived in Israel, uh, you know, and you know how the military is, you know, how security is. It's true. There's just it doesn't make any sense. So let's lay that aside, though, for a moment. Now we have to look at the bigger picture. And this is what I was told. This whole ordeal was to create a global conflict. There's going to be weaponry that will be used in this conflict of the likes that the world has never seen before. Uh, It is designed for multiple purposes. And I was told the number one purpose is to break the economic back of America. Believe it or not, can you believe that, Bonnie, to break the economic back of America?
0: I believe it. Uh, The prize, the first prize of of global war is to take down America. They've said that for 70 years.
1: All right. now They said
0: they cannot rule America. They cannot rule the world when America is ruling the world.
1: Well, here's the other thing. I've covered the Belt Road Initiative for a long time and I knew that it was part of a New World Order agenda from the very beginning. The United States was cut out of that that One Belt, One Road initiative. Um, And while all this conflict is going on, Putin and Xi Jinping are meeting in China for the One Belt, One Road initiative. And yet we're sitting on the verge of a global war uh, that could even go nuclear, and they're over there having a party about the, the One Belt, One Road initiative. And as I mentioned Even here with our friends here on on the Hebrew Nation Radio, that Israel themselves are already been in the negotiation process of working with the BRICS nations coming into that new economic system and that they have been steadily dumping the dollar. All right. So now that's being done behind closed doors. Ever since
0: (laughs) this war, uh, China has been dumping billions, if not trillions,
1: Yes. So you have that. And then also I was told that Russia and China, especially China, have moved military assets and are continuing to move their military assets into place in order to deal with the battle that is about to happen over in the Middle East. We also are moved in our assets as well. Yep. Uh, the reason why we sent in two aircraft carriers is to deal with Hezbollah and Iran, um, because we know that Israel cannot handle these, these uh, the, more than one front. In fact, one uh, CIA operative, a former CIA operative, uh, and I cannot recall his name, but he actually said that, there, that Israel's military for the most part, are made up of reservists right now, Um, and these guys are just not prepared for a battle like with Hamas that they're about to engage with. The last time we went into Gaza and engaged with Hamas, Hamas did a crippling blow for the Israeli military, Um, you know, because we're, you know. I mean, we Israel has some very good special forces. They have the most elite in the world. It's not to say that their special forces can't handle these things. It's not the special forces. But when you're taking just the regular army in, the Israeli defense forces, to go on a battle, you know, you have to remember most Israelis are not career soldiers. Yeah, They go in for their two-year uh, mandatory service, and then that's it. They're in there. They're out. Uh, they're just there to get the job done, do their service, and go home. Um, unlike in the U.S. military, for example, we have, you know, you're going in four six years minimum, um, and then a lot of people do make it a career even after that. They want to move up in the ranks and get a retirement check in 20 years. Uh, in fact, this is one reason why we're sending our own military over there now, because we have to be ready to deal with Hezbollah or Iran uh, so that Israel's not stuck in that position. Now, that being said, I had also heard from another uh, individual uh, on, on YouTube there that uh, he had made the off comment. He said, if you see a UFO involved in this conflict, don't be surprised. So I asked about that. And I was told at that point there, well, he says, kind of funny you bring that up. He said, I'm actually shocked that you've actually heard that online already. He said, but yeah, he said we've already decided that they're going to head and go ahead and disclose the two different aircraft that we have that are considered to be UFOs. He said the TRB-3 we're going to use in this battlefield on this front. He said, but there's another one that we have. And he says, in fact, when you go back to when the USS Nimitz was releasing their classified footage of UFOs, he said, those are ours. They're not, extraterrestrial uh, he said i don't even know if we'd call it extraterrestrial because most of the other ones are in the oceans uh, he said now we'll tell you this though he said real alien ufos are interdimensional uh, just as they is the aliens that fly them are interdimensional uh, beings he said our ufos are not interdimensional he said however he said we do have them that are disc shaped just like the aliens have they are reverse engineered he says and we do control them using a crystal like object in the craft and he said and the reason we can move them at such extreme speeds he said just like an alien ufo can be moved is because they're controlled by the brain itself he said when you're dealing with that type of spacecraft he said you cannot control it like a like a like a f16 or an or, or an f35 he said they have you have to integrate the brain the nervous system he said because they move so rapidly that you have to control it by thought and he said those, and we are, are those successful.
0: pilots chipped are they it, are no. there brain implants that communicate with the machine
1: no but we do have uh we do have chipped pilots that do have chips in their brain but those are for the drones uh, we actually have uh, pilots that can operate drones by thought wow. and uh, and it does make the makes the drones far more deadly far more rapidly to be able to operate and to be able to 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 work under more strenuous conditions. Uh, the other thing is as that I was told is that they're going to be using more weapons like antimatter weapons in this particular battle um, that will, of course, Beirut, Israel used the antimatter um, weapon on Beirut in the Beirut bombing where they claimed that it was, you know, I guess Hezbollah, they said, blew up their own ammunition warehouse, which was not true. It was an antimatter weapon that was used there. Um, these are, will be used, they said, because there's very low radiation yield in antimatter, but yet you still get the same destructive force as uh, the real deal. But the ultimate goal, though, of this war um, is going to be to where all nations will end up in a calamity. But even, I think, Bonnie, before we get into that, you're going to see, too, uh, the unrest in America, the unrest in Europe uh, is basically going to be a situation to where they can declare martial law across the entire globe. Uh, and then this way here. Once the and, and let me bring let me back up on this. Remember we said in the first half hour I spoke about how that there would be uh, attacks on synagogues, on 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 Jewish schools. There's going to be attacks on uh, pro-Israel supporters, etc. They want that to happen. When I say they, the same ones that controlled the Hamas attack want those attacks to happen. Because this is what will give them the ability to say, we need the Noahide laws to prevent all this anti-Semitism that has swept the globe. They want to put the blame on radical Islam, and those that were against Israel is what they're wanting to do when they bring out the new world order. So they're creating the scenario to where Innocent Jewish people, and I say that with all sincerity, innocent Jewish people are going to be slaughtered all in the name of being able to control the world at the end of the day.
0: You know, these that they have always used their own people to further their satanic goals. I think those at the head... Are are satanic, and I think there are only two classes here. There's innocent Judah, like you say, and innocent people, and then there are the Satanists who re- really increasingly run the world.
1: That's exactly right, Bonnie. And there, you know, the the book uh, by uh, Schoenfeld, the Holocaust victims Accused, you yes. can get that as a PDF. There is a PDF of it. I that.
0: have it. I have it. But oh,
1: Bonnie, yes. share that with people. They, you've got to read this. This was written by the rabbis that were in the Holocaust, um, and it is one of the most amazing books that I've ever read in my life. Uh, yes. and, and I know when I read it, I was shocked to the core to think, and I, and I, I just could not bring it in my heart. How could, how could the Jewish people turn on their own people? And yet, in the, when they were doing the trials at the end of World War II, and, and they were bringing up, because you had rabbis that were accusing the, the, the different heads of the Jewish organizations, um, including the, the, the one in Switzerland and the one in the US, um, you know, of crimes against the Jews. And their only argument was we had to have Jewish blood. And this was over the Hungarian Jews that were not rescued, that could have been rescued. We had to have Jewish blood in order for us to have a right to sit at the table for the repartitioning of the Middle East.
0: They said that over and over. You know, not this last Sukkot, but the Sukkot before, we spent a week studying uh the holocaust victims accuse kasner's crime others here um i'm looking for the books here in the library i mean people were shocked <laughs> that was you know sitting as i presented and and just nauseated just nauseated i'll see if i can find the link to the holocaust victims i, I
1: found this, so i will i will send it here in the oh, text okay you me. do
0: that uh, and also, I don't know
1: how it'll be up. But. Uh,
0: Kastner's Crime um, by Bogdanor. I'm going to put a link in there. I think that's available from maybe even Amazon. I don't know. But uh, this these are not Jewish people. The, they're Satanists that are doing this. Brother Judah is a victim, and they're being used as a battering ram to get what the New World Order wants, and it that's a that is a an indication of the level of their satanic depravity, that they would put children, women in these concentration camps, that they would sit by while their own people were snatched by paragliders and paraded through the streets of Gaza. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just unfathomable. I, I, I can't think about it too much. Sure. I mean, I'm a mother. When I, I saw a mother's tearful testimony today of her daughter being paraded in the streets, beautiful girl went to the music, whatever it was, and now she's being paraded half naked in the streets of Gaza. Uh, just heartbroken, heart broken
1: you know bonnie there's one let me just read this here from that very book this is on page 27 um it said um they said here let us bring historical evidence to support the above in zionist congress which took place in london 1937 dr wiseman established the line of policy with his words and this is what dr wiseman said the hopes of europe's six million jews are centered on immigration I asked, can you bring 6 million Jews to Palestine? I replied, no. From the depths of tragedy, I want to save 2 million young people. The old ones will pass. They will bear their fate or they will not. They were dust, economic and moral dust in a cruel world. Only the branch of the young shall survive. They have to accept it, right? I mean, that's that's from the mouth
0: of a serpent. That's from the mouth of a Satanist. That's not a human thought.
1: No, and, and yet, this is what was over and over, over and over and over in this book here, you know? Yes. I mean, I it, have It's experience.
0: sickening. After a while, you just have to put it down. And it, they're it, still doing crazy. it. They just did it again uh, by the Hamas invasion. When do you think, you know, right now, everything is, is set. Um, the tanks are up against Jordan. The tanks are up against Lebanon. The tanks are up against Gaza. It looks like they're locked and loaded. As soon as they invade Gaza, Iran promises to come in uh, big time. And that's going to... Do you think that uh, when they launch a ground war into Gaza, it looks like it's set to to
1: go. That's supposed to be the plan. And... Uh, I can confirm, too, that Iran has moved. Iran, basically, we knew from intelligence that Iran had a plan, uh, a strategy. If they ever went to war with Israel, there are certain uh, movement, troop movements that they would do. And Iran has done exactly that. They have moved those troops into place. That's our cue. We know that they're ready to go to war with Israel. And another thing I'll mention as well, you know, the other day... Uh, the US military down in the uh, the the Red Sea took out several cruise missiles launched by the Houthis yes. and a couple of drones that were launched to come towards Israel. Now notice I said cruise missiles. Now not the remember,
0: hypersonic.
1: Right, but still though, think yeah. about this Houthi rebels having cruise missiles. All right. Now if you remember Bonnie when when Donald Trump was president and we're, almost at at to
0: time, okay. we're almost out of time, brother.
1: We're almost out of uh, time. They they were given it by Iran back when Trump was still president. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, just a uh, mess. I uh, okay. Yes or no? Uh, it could happen any time. Yes or no?
1: Yes, and and it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if it will happen.
0: Okay. All right. Everybody. Prepare, but most of all, prepare spiritually. We yeah. are out of time. Thank you so much, Stephen. That was um, a, an excellent rundown. Pray, get ready spiritually. And-